Hi, I'm Janet Silver, and welcome to a special Net Zero, Net Possible edition of Road Chats. In this limited series, we're going to take a look at Canada's net zero regulatory landscape and how the country's transportation sector is making net zero net possible. Chris Vervait is the executive director of the Canadian Oil Seeds Processors Association. With the implementation of clean fuel regulations, the biofuels industry in Canada is experiencing a bit of an uptake in demand, especially for canola. Chris, welcome to Road Chats. Thanks, Janet. Happy to be here. Your organization in part works to promote the processing of oil seeds in Canada. How much does Canada currently process? Well, currently we process two key oil seeds in Canada, canola being the predominant oil seed, but we also do process soybeans. We have capacity to process approximately 11 million metric tons of canola. So to put that into some perspective, that's about half of the canola that is produced in Canada. We have the capacity to crush uh, half of what's produced. And then we also have approximately 2 million tons of soybeans that are processed. All of the soybean processing occurs out in the eastern part of the country, in Ontario and Quebec. And canola is processed at our facilities as far east as Quebec and as far west as Alberta. For canola then, where is it primarily based in terms of being processed? Is it mostly out west? It certainly is. The prairies is where most of the canola in Canada is grown, and that is where most of the canola processing capacity exists as well. And so then once canola and the soybeans are processed, how much of that product then is exported? At the moment, for trade and exports, we rely very heavily on uh, both our Oil exports, which is the product after crushing either canola or soybean, and also our meal exports, which is the byproduct of crushing canola. So we rely approximately 80% of what we produce for canola oil and meal is exported outside the Canadian border. Chris, in my introduction, I talked about the uh, clean fuel regulations, and those went into effect earlier this year, I think on July 1st. How has these regulations impacted members of your association? The clean fuel regulation has been a top priority for the Canadian Oil Sea Processors Association, but also the entire canola value chain represented by the Canola Council of Canada, which is the organization that represents the entire supply chain of canola from production all the way through to processing And we view the clean fuel regulation as a real opportunity to diversify our markets, have a market, like we like to say, in our own backyard, where instead of finding our seed exports and our oil exports or meal exports, finding a a market here in our own backyard, we feel does provide a lot more certainty and is an important part of our market diversification strategy. So has it changed how much of what's being processed is exported? The Canadian clean fuel regulations, has it impacted the exportation? We haven't seen any immediate impact of the clean fuel regulation yet in terms of incremental changes to the trade flow, shall we say. Uh, The regulation, we have to remember, was just recently implemented uh, several months ago in July of this year. 
But as the regulation uh, gains a foothold and we see the carbon intensity requirement continue to be strengthened with every passing year, that's going to send, we think, a market signal for our feedstock, the canola oil in particular, to be used in renewable fuel production. And we believe that, again, in the coming years, we're going to see more and more of that demand for our canola oil stay here at home. Right now, how much of the canola oil, do you have a figure on how much of that is being used for transportation here at home? Currently, we estimate that canola utilization, and I'm going to use this more in the seed equivalent, so in terms of what is being harvested by farmers and what is being produced by farmers, roughly 5 to 10% of the seed that is produced by Canadian farmers today finds its way into the biofuel market, uh, whether that's the Canadian market, the U.S. market, or the EU market. Those are our three key markets where canola is utilized for biofuel production and consumption. And are we importing then for use for the same thing for biofuels here in Canada from other markets? If we're exporting some, are we also importing? We do export, again, the seed, the feedstock. This is something that we've done for many years for biofuel purposes, but also, of course, for the other utility that canola has in food and feed applications. On the biofuel side of things, this is something that isn't necessarily in my bailiwick, but of course we are cognizant of the fact that there are imports of finished biofuels such as biodiesel and renewable diesel coming into Canada. Chris, you spoke earlier about when the clean fuel regulations came into effect, you see it as an opportunity, right, for processing. And that because it just recently came into effect, it will take some time for your members to experience and get the benefits of that. When you talk about those opportunities, can you elaborate where you see this going? Yeah. So the opportunity from our perspective is to increase the crush capacity to produce the canola oil that we think is going to be demanded because of the clean fuel regulation. So we've already seen tremendous amount of investments announced for increased oilseed processing in Canada uh, to the tune of approximately in the next three, four, five years or so, we could see the capacity for processing increase by roughly 50 or 60%, which is unprecedented in terms of the growth for our sector. We've never seen this type of investment take place in our industry, in the history of the industry here in Canada. So it is being driven by policy and programs like the clean fuel regulation for the reasons I've outlined in terms of that demand signal we see coming in the years ahead. It's also being driven uh, by demands for our products outside the borders as well. So I've mentioned that we do see more opportunities to market our products in Canada, and that's an important priority for us. But we see growing demands for canola oil and meal across the globe as well. And that's also been part of why we've seen this expansion of processing capacity take place. Chris, just for someone listening at home that may not understand, can you explain when you talk about crush capacity, what do you mean? Yes, I should be clear that when we talk about crush and processing, they're analogous. It's traditionally called crushing, but the oilseed processing, taking that canola or soybean or any other oil seed and effectively crushing it, squeezing it to get the oil out and to also produce the meal. 
Now, you said you could potentially see an uptick of what, 40 to 50 percent, correct? It could be even higher in terms of our processing capacity. 50 to 60 percent is currently what we estimate the growth to be in the years ahead if everything that's been announced for investments does come to fruition. So what is the industry doing to prepare for that? Because as you said, that is a staggering growth prediction for the next few years. Are we ready for that? I think we are. We're ready on different fronts. We're ready from the logistical point of view, of course. We're going to make sure that we have the infrastructure in place to move the additional volumes of canola oil and meal to markets. If the market ends up being here in Canada, we certainly see a lot of advantages from a logistics point of view where we don't need to necessarily ship our products as far. We derive the value by processing the canola, for example, here in the prairies, and then it gets used by ideally a renewable diesel or a renewable fuel facility here in the prairies as well. So there's a lot of synergies that can be gained from the logistics side of things. And we're also preparing, again, broadly as a canola value chain through the Canola Council of Canada to increase the production and productivity of canola as well. With increased demands, then there's also a signal for more supplies. And we are optimistic as a value chain and as a sector that we will be able to see increasing supplies to meet that growing demand. Is this something that you're working with provincial and federal governments to really advocate that we keep pushing this as a way to get to net zero? I think there's so many positive messages that are conveyed and that need to continue to be conveyed to the governments in Canada about the positives of renewable fuels and how policies and regulations like the clean fuel regulation can help in terms of driving investments Uh, those that I've just talked about, that 50 to 60% increase in processing capacity in the years ahead, we estimate the investments of that to be approximately $3 billion Canadian. So a big number in terms of the investment value, and then all the spinoff effects that are associated with those kinds of investments, whether it's jobs, whether it's just economic activity, and often in areas of the country that are rural, where it's not as easy to find high paying and stable jobs. So there's there's a lot of benefits on that side of the equation. And I haven't even touched upon all the benefits that it brings on the environmental side of the equation as well. Canola use as a feedstock in biofuels is amongst the most efficient ways to abate GHG emissions from transportation fuels. We've done some calculations, Janet, and when you look at canola used in biodiesel or renewable diesel, for example, it can reduce emissions by up to 80 to 90% compared to fossil fuels. So there's really a very good story to be told on the environmental side of the equation. But are we moving too slow? I mean, this sounds amazing, Chris, but you know, it's not something that you're seeing on the front page of the news every day that here we've got an alternative, let's move. Do you think we're a little bit behind the, uh, the eight ball, so to speak? We think a good job in terms of communicating the benefits of canola and its use in transportation fuels, but there's so much more that we think we can do. And we are working with our partners in the supply chain uh, beyond canola to really start to focus in on some of these benefits and make sure that they do get the proper attention. What are some of the challenges with trying to 
if we're looking at that kind of output in the next few years, what are the challenges to be able to meet that? Well, one of the challenges, and again, we are optimistic that we can meet this growing demand, but one of the challenges is the ability to produce more canola. And our goal is to produce more canola on the same amount of land. We are not creating any more agriculture land in Canada. What our land base is, is what our land base is. And we need to work with that. And we need to work with it in a very sustainable manner. And we think the best way to do that is to produce more of the canola per acre. Uh, That's what we call yield or productivity in the agriculture sector. And this is something that we're challenged to do, to increase our productivity, lessen the carbon footprint of that productivity, and meet these growing demands. Um, There's many different things that we will need to look at in the years ahead to make sure that we can increase the yield of canola and other crops in Canada. There's some terrific technologies that are coming down the pipeline as it relates to producing canola plants that um, have higher yield capabilities, are resistance uh, to different diseases and things of that nature. But that requires regulation on the federal side to be more predictable, ideally to be a little bit more efficient, because we need these technologies today and we can't wait much longer if we're hoping to meet some of our productivity and production goals. And I guess as you're looking at that productivity and how to increase the yield, you also have to factor in crop rotation, correct? It's a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, right? Yeah. And it sounds like you have a really good grounding, Janet, in some of the fundamentals of crop farming. Absolutely. Crop rotation is critical. And this is why we are so focused on productivity There is many upon many tens of millions of acres of land available, but you can only plant so much of the crop to these acres in one year because you do need to rotate. So we can't move from our roughly 20 million acres of canola to 40 million acres, for example. That is not a sustainable way of crop farming. We have to rotate. So that is definitely part of the equation. And again, this is why as a canola value chain, we are so focused on increasing that productivity on that same amount of acres. As you look, Chris, to the next five, 10 years from now, in terms of canola, oilseed processors, how do you see this changing our outlook, those that may be pessimistic about whether or not we can actually get to net zero by 2050 and before? I think what's very maybe not unique, but interesting about our particular sector is the ability to scale up and to scale up quickly. So there is a lot of interesting technology, shall we say, with regards to getting to net zero, whether it's carbon capture and storage, whether it's even different feedstocks that could be used in renewable fuel production But I would submit that some of those technologies are either very cost prohibitive or the technologies aren't available today and maybe not even available at scale 10 or 15 years from now. Whereas the canola industry and the oilseed processing sector, we are here today and we're demonstrating now that we have ambitions to grow and can grow. So I think over that five to 10 year horizon, the canola industry is a big part of that net zero equation going out to 2050. But this is something that we 
can make a contribution towards in the short to medium term. Chris Vervait with the Canadian Oilseed Processes Association. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Janet. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen and subscribe to Road Chats presented by National Energy Equipment anywhere you can find your podcasts. I'm Janet Silver. Until next time.